Welcome to Mulk's TV Talk, the podcast where we take a loving, longing look at TV and tell you this week, after a scandal-filled off-season, the NRL returned to the field to start the 2015 season. After controversy overseas with Mad Monday incidents for the South Sydney Rabbitohs and now allegations of a cocaine distribution ring within the Gold Coast Titans, the new boss of the competition said he's just glad to be getting the game back to what it does best mistreating women. <laughs> I am your host, Steve Malk, and joining me this week, a man who pushed through his uncredited role on It's a Date, a man who persevered despite a diabolical first appearance on Studio 10 and has returned subsequently to greatness, and who is simultaneously responsible for one of the funniest podcasts in Australia and one of the nerdiest, it's Australian television royalty, Steel Saunders. <laughs> royalty. <laughs> I think I'm more of a surf. <laughs> Look, if it makes you feel any better, everybody is Australian TV royalty on the podcast. Okay. I think uh, if we're talking on uh, in the world of Eternia, I would be uh, Orco. Oh, good. Excellent reference. I was about to suggest the same thing. I can't remember any of the bad guys' names from He-Man, though, um, other than Skeletor. Oh, there was Beastman, Merman. What a man. Oh, Merman. He was always useless. Yeah, back on Eternia, that's when men were men. Steel, welcome. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having us on, Stephen. That's all right. You do excellent work. Hopefully, people will be aware of uh, your Steel Wars podcast and uh, one of the funniest, as I mentioned before, uh, I, I Love Green Guide Letters. Now, you're cooking with all sorts of gas with both of those at the moment, pumping them out at a furious rate. Yeah, tell me about it. It's uh, there's We do one a week. We do I Love Green Guide Letters Every Tuesday and Steel Wars, which is the our Star Wars podcast, where we sort of talk about the spirit of Star Wars rather than like news and that sort of stuff. So it's sort of like Mark Maron's What the Fuck for Star Wars fans. And <laughs> um, we're doing live ones at the moment. We just recorded one at the Adelaide Fringe with Luke McGregor. And it's great. If, if you have, I think Steel Wars, if you've got... If you've got the DVDs or the videos in your cabinet, it's in your collection, then you'll enjoy it. That, that, that's about as deep a fan as you need to be. And yep. uh, if you enjoy laughing, that, that will help as well. And if you don't enjoy laughing, then seek some help. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the, the, the best thing, we'll just talk about Steel Wars for a second. One of the funniest uh, episodes, a uh, couple of episodes to come out of Steel Wars is Jonathan Schuster and uh, Justin Hamilton, where Schuster comes in as a little bit of a Star Wars virgin, doesn't he? Um, yeah. he. Um, we, we did a news episode on The Force Awakens. Of course, it's a mm. huge year. It is, it is oh, that year for Star Wars wait. fans. This is our, you know, it's, I, I, I'm not really into sports at all, but I imagine this is what it would be like if you're like a Bulldog supporter in the AFL <laughs> and after years of waiting, you already know at the end of the year you're in the grand final. Mm. And, and we it's just... just whether you win. Yeah, we really hope that uh, everyone plays hard. We've got a few uh, ex-players back on the team. We've got an amazing new coach mm. and uh, a few very exciting rookies. So, uh, yeah, we're in the grand final, Force Awakens, on the 18th of December. So we did a news... 
like just to get people up to speed because there's a lot of misconceptions mm. about what, what it's going to be about, if it's going to follow the books or is it going to do this or that. And it's not going to follow the books. It's an all new story. And so what we did, we had Justin Hamilton, who's a, a very esteemed comedian and quite the nerd. And then we got Jonathan Schuster, who's one of the funniest new guys in Melbourne, who's not that into it. And he was our innocent bystander that could ask questions to make sure that we didn't get to uh, insider with what we were talking about. And he he very much asked some hilarious questions and had some interesting <laughs> observations, which was interesting. We got a tiny bit of negative feedback from it for um, really hardcore Star Wars fans that thought he wasn't being respectful enough of the source Gosh. material. And I, was, I just wrote back, I was like, oh, man, you're giving us a bad name, dude. Yes. He was so funny and you can't take, you just can't take things, you, you shouldn't take most things that seriously. So Yes. Oh, no, I agree. Delightful. Yeah. So it's just about just enthusiasm and having a bit of laugh at, you know, kind of almost at myself for how much I am into this movie. And I, I find, <laughs> I, I'm very curious to why I'm so into Star Wars. I I think it might reflect back into my, deep uh, fear of growing up when I was a little kid. I'd, I'd see people become adults and it, it looked horrible. Mm. Um, so I have uh, done my best to uh, restrain such uh, commitments to adulthood. Now, I'm very pleased about the launch date of this. That's my birth date. So I am. I have one of two plans when it comes to Star Wars this year. Mm-hmm. One is to either book an entire cinema uh, and fill it with friends and we watch the new episode, mm-hmm. uh, or to be on a plane and be down to Melbourne for the midnight screening and then inevitable pod that you're planning afterwards. Yeah, so we're going to do a podcast directly after the midnight screening. So that'll be very early on a Friday morning and... At about three in the morning, we I'm just gauging how many people. We've already got about 90 people oh. want to come. And, you know, that's, you know, 10 months out. So mm. it, we might need it's, – it's very hard to find a venue at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we – yeah, so I'm just sussing that. But well, the, the deal is that we'd go see the film at, at midnight – and then make our way to the venue where, of course, there'll be um, drinks served and we'll have a live podcast with all the former guests and get an instant reaction. So it's, it's quite a social experiment if the film is good or bad. The tone, the uh, what, if, we're, if we're drinking uh, out of celebration or commiseration. Mm. So, yeah, so hopefully it's going to be, uh, we'll all be drinking out of the Premiership Cup, Steve. Oh, no, I'm with you, Steele. I'm so desperate for this to be amazing, and I have it in my, in my waters that I think it's going to be given all of the, the reasons you listed before. Now, at, at, I'm not going to give away the secrets, but people do hunt out those Schuster and Hamo episodes because if for no other reason, A, Schuster just learning about Star Wars, and B, Hamo's theory on the plot for the first this, this Force Awakens film, I think it's outrageously good and so, it would be so brilliant if that's how it plays out. Yeah, it's, it's funny by the end, uh, Schuster's like, oh, I can't wait for this film. This is fantastic. <laughs> yes. Now, beyond Steel Wars, of course, I love Green Guide Letters. We're pushing uh, into, what, we're over 150 now, aren't we, or nearly? Um, we just put up 161. There we go. 
which is a, a tremendous amount of hours passed in my life. And uh, if our non-Melbourne listeners are unaware, The Age is one of the papers in Melbourne. Every Thursday, they put out The Green Guide, the television and radio lift out. And on page four is The Green Guide Letters, where people make petty complaints and then we read them out on the podcast and make petty complaints about their petty complaints. <laughs> and we try to find people that are being complained about. We've had, um, we've had Lavinia Nixon. We've had Darren Hinch. Mm. You know, we've had comedy royalty like you know, Will Anderson and Jamoan. We just had Jane Kennedy on. We've had Santo Chilaro. We've had Sarah Harris from Studio 10. Um, and yeah, so we just, it, it is it is interesting what will make someone write a complaint letter about television to the paper. Uh, I, I always stand by the fact that if the Green Guide just published instructions on how people can use their remote control to change the channel, <laughs> it would save a lot of people some heartbreak. It'd be the end of the letters. It very much would be the end of the letters, yeah. <laughs> now, your description of what the I Love Green Guys Letters podcast is from what you said just before, it sounds like you've had to explain that a lot. Yeah, I just about as many times as I've had to explain what a podcast was, <laughs> which is um, which was the amazing thing when you were there, Steve, were at the LA Podcast Fest in mm. September last year. And just three days of serenity where I didn't have to explain what a podcast was. But, that was um, delightful. But then, you know, being in California, trying to explain what the Green Guide letters was, slightly more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's some homework as well for people who are interested in going and checking out the Green Guide letters back catalogue. Uh, I love Green Guide letters back catalogue. Go and hunt down. I think it's, uh, is it on your Bandcamp site, Steel, where people can download the LA Podfest episode yeah um the links on just i love gringo letters but we did a we're very proud and, and and excited to be invited to the la podcast festival and we did an amazing episode i thought with with steve Molks in the in the front row um cackling along like salacious crumb in jubber's court there's a there's a cross reference between two podcasts there <laughs> pretty good pretty slick i, I know what i'm doing yeah um and we had uh, Todd Glass, who's one of the sort of most esteemed stand-up comics in the LA scene, amazingly funny. Um, Ash Williams, who's one of the least esteemed <laughs> comics in the Australian comedy scene. And Osher Gunsberg of The Bachelor in Australian Idol fame. And we read out some classic Osher Gunsberg letters and it was it was really cool. And it was it was very gratifying to have all these Americans come and you know, some of them, to be honest, had, you know, come from places like Calgary and I think maybe Buffalo that had actually listened to the podcast. Oh, wow. That's brilliant. Which was just surreal. It was so bizarre. Like this whole podcast thing, it, it, it is pretty amazing the way it, it links the world and, and connects people. But then just to have um, people that were at the LA Podcast Fest maybe came just because I dangled a Todd Glass appearance in front of them. And, yeah, they really got into it. And we won a lot of fans and, you know, not you know, not that it's a competition or anything like that, but, you know, a lot of people said that it was the funniest one of the, you know, the one they enjoyed the most in the festival, you know, maybe because they'd never heard it before and it was a surprise. But, 
you know, it was, it was just really cool to, because, you know, I'm a huge podcast listener and, you know, I, I, I hold, you know, a lot of those guys who are at the podcast festival in very high esteem, like, mm. you know, much like the people that listen to my podcast, I, I got through some, you know, tough days at work and some long drives, you know, listening to pe- other people's podcasts. And it's really cool to be able to, you know, be on the other side of that and, and have people, you know, do the same thing. But hopefully they don't go on to start their own podcasts that take away my listenership. <laughs> <laughs> the, the burgeoning bromance that was Todd Glass and Ash Williams was absolutely delightful in that episode. So funny, people. Yeah, Ash is one of the most unique people I've ever met in my life. He's, he's my little happy place. I, I just love him to death. And the moment on Todd Glass's face when he, re, when he got what Ash was about mm. was, was pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, and from that point on, he was in 100%. Like he was in for the pod, but this, this Ash creature that was next to him, I don't, you're right, he didn't quite get him. And then when he got him, he was sold. Yeah, and then it was on. It was yeah. on. And, and the cool thing about that podcast festival and, and also the cool thing about technology, like we're in, I'm in Adelaide right now on tour at the Adelaide Fringe and you're up in Queensland. We're talking mm. pretty freely on the laptop. But the way the podcast festival organized it, people could watch the podcast via a live stream. Now, normally mm. we're, not, we're not televised, but people could, you know, we're watching us the we were on Saturday afternoon. They were watching a Sunday morning in Australia, and and you know tweeting us comments and questions. It was it was really cool. Um, yeah. You know this, this podcast is about television, but we don't need it anymore. Take that television. <laughs> <laughs> television. It's an all changing thing. I think that's an excellent segue. Uh, Steel. Yeah. Let's get on with the show. Sure. Malt TV talk. But first, the news. A number of TV stars have celebrated milestones on the box recently, with Carl Stefanovic marking 10 years on the Today Show, Mark Beretta 20 years on 7, Sandra Sully chalking up 20 years on 10. Ms Sully, highly regarded as a journalist and most noted for being the person who broke the news of the 9-11 tragedy to Australians, was guest of honour at a shindig in Sydney to celebrate the achievement, attended by all 15 remaining full-time 10 employees. <laughs> Netflix announced it would launch in Australia and New Zealand on March 24 with House of Cards Season 3 and their new series Bloodline. Users of social media services Twitter and Facebook are already forming a queue Apple iPhone release style to declare the ANZ service not as good as the American one. <laughs> SBS2 announced they will air the new Dutch series Adam Looking for Eve a show where an entirely nude male and female are placed on an isolated island and expected to build a working relationship, shelter, and hunt for food. The big hook being there will be no pixelation or covering of the genitals on display. Participants were taught ahead of time uh, on their show how to light a fire safely while naked to ward off potential bushfires. Now, Steele, you're you're someone who has, uh, you've been in America, so you've had the chance to see Netflix, haven't you? Yes, I did go to America to look at Netflix. There is no possible way I could have seen it here. It would be witchcraft otherwise. Yeah. Now, in your experience, uh, limited though it may be, Mm -hmm. with Netflix, do you find it it's changed or absolutely uh, uh, something that's changed the way you consume your television? Just that 
I now do it slightly legallylier. <laughs> but in that it's it, you've cut, uh, if we can call it this, you've cut the cord from the schedule. No longer are you uh, linked to the linear broadcast programming that our free-to-air networks give us. You can trot off and see a number of episodes of something else over on one of these services, can't you? Yeah, I. to be honest, there's not much that... I have time to watch on 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 the network television. I, mm. you know, if if it's a special event, I, I don't mind a uh, a Logie yes. or a uh, a Chappelle mini series. That <laughs> one was pretty gripping. <laughs> Mainly live tweeting opportunities, but yes. I just you know I my theory with the Australian networks and 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 Foxtel is they almost. They've done a lot of long-term damage with how slow they were to react to mm-hmm. worldwide broadcasting and, and torrents and stuff. Instead of, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, particularly at, at Foxtel and, you know, they're trying to shut down, you know, torrent sites and this three strikes yep. and you're out, ISP warning thing. Just put the shows on the same day, guys. It's if, if I can download it like half an hour after the, the show's screened, you can have it beamed over. That's hmm. it. And, and, and there is there is now there is no excuse for you not to do it. I, I know Star Wars Rebels, the, the new cartoon yes. series, just had their finale in America in the last 24 hours. And according to the Steel Wars Facebook page, on Foxtel, the finale won't be on for a couple of weeks. And you might say that, you know, we need to be patient. You know, you can't have stuff immediately. But it's fandom now is a worldwide thing with Twitter and Facebook. That's part of being a fan is joining in, you know, and it's cliche in Mm -hmm. the conversation. But... That's part of the fun of, yeah. and that fuels it, and that fun uh, makes you want to come back and watch next week. You know, the there's nothing I love more than watching, uh, particularly you know, as as I'm a Star Wars nerd, but I did it with like Lost, and uh, actually now with uh, Better Call Saul, is mm. watching the program and then going to listen to the podcast reviewing it yes. and, and yeah. the news and. If you're delaying things by three weeks, well, there's you, you've got to be careful who you're following on Twitter, who you're following on Facebook. You, you can't yes. really follow any news sites. Um, and that, that sort of takes away half the, the fun. It, it sure does. And look, I think it's, it's ironic, isn't it, that the, the, the networks, particularly the free-to-air networks, caught this social media activity. Hey, tweet along and talk and you know, retweet if you like what someone's doing on the television, mm. um, which is something that has really drawn us globally together, like you mentioned. So when it comes to these American programs, we're all seeing people that we follow or friends that are fans that have, you know, have got access to see it in America. And we're like, right, when do we see it? And to hear from the networks, oh, you know, when it suits us mm. really isn't a, a, an interesting thing. I mean, we look at, for example, Tim Warner, who's the head of the Seven Network, has come out and said that he sees no benefit in fast-tracking content, uh, you know, bringing it to, to Australia in a quick fashion. And we see that evidenced by Downton Abbey is now showing on Australian TV long after it's finished in the UK. 
how to get away with murder just finished in the US and we've only really just started it here in Australia. All these series that they go, oh, no, it can wait. Mind you, at the same time, they've got, uh, the when they've got them airing at sort of 9 o'clock, 8.30 at night, they're not pulling the ratings that they used to, in part because of how they're treating audiences and they're delaying them, and also in part that people go, well, we can find them elsewhere. Yeah, I remember seeing a bus advertising the beginning of Breaking Bad season six, I believe mm. it was. I was next to a bus and it says season starts on whatever date. And yep. we're already halfway through the season. And, you know, if people, you know, Foxtel, whatever, expecting me to, to cough up $50 or whatever it is a month, I'm not, I'm not even sure. I haven't been a subscriber for, for quite a long time. Yeah. It's it's just a joke. Like it's 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 just arrogance, and you're you're living ten years behind, and and you're also you're changing people's television habits to download, and and mm. once and once you're into it, like, and and you get your head around it, then well, why do I want to go back now? You know, it's hmm. like it, that's the thing. You're, you're you've got people onto it. And, you know, like this, you know, Netflix thing is, is very exciting if they can get the right amount of shows. I know there's Stan. I know um, yep. we've had uh, a few guests. I know Ryan Shelton was on Green Guide Letters a couple of weeks yep. ago and he was really happy with his Stan subscription. But, um, and I think that, you know, that $10 a month model is, is really good. Like I, I subscribe to several, you know, premium podcasts that I really enjoy. I, uh, I, I dabble in the, the WWE network, which is mm. like the wrestling network. You get the pay-per-views. Yep. You, can watch, you can watch WrestleMania over the internet or, or via Apple TV for $10 a month. So it's not like I am uh, watching TV with a balaclava on, but, <laughs> but it, has to be, it has to be timely and it has yep. to be affordable. And I do enjoy all the articles about the ills of internet piracy in the uh, Herald Sun, which <laughs> just happens to be owned by the same conglomerate that owns Foxtel. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's very interesting. More articles about internet piracy than global warming. Yeah, fancy that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's ironic. It's, I will, to Foxtel's credit, they did actually run Breaking Bad Express. Uh, mm-hmm. in Australia. So like within an hour or so of it ending on the West Coast, we got it here. Um, what season right was there, that? Uh, it's certainly the last two and three. Okay. Maybe it wasn't season six then. Maybe uh, it, I, it, it could have been a, another show or an earlier part of it. I will give that. They may not have expressed Breaking Bad season one or two. Um, uh, or although, it, although season six was in two halves, wasn't it? Yes. So maybe they definitely. did the second half, yeah. But I do remember I was halfway through the season and the the bus was telling me <laughs> that it was starting next week. And I was like, bus, you're an idiot. It, it might have been an ad for it on ABC too, which has held it delayed because of the free-to-air nature of those sorts of things. Oh, no, it definitely wasn't. Definitely Foxtel? Yeah, yeah Play I, on. I, I, I mocked the bus all the way up Punt Road, mate. <laughs> and, and if that, you've ever been on Punt Road, that's a long drive. That's good mocking there, Steele. Thank you. Uh, I think, well, look, there's lots of opportunities here at Mox TV Talk. We are fans of both Presto and Stan, no question, and I'm looking forward to being an unashamed fan of Netflix. I have experienced it once before when uh, I was in the States last year for Valentine's Day when they released House of Cards Season Mm 2, and I didn't leave my hotel room for two days uh, (laughs) because I watched all 13 episodes. It was stunning. 
Uh, I'm disappointed uh, between you and me and the listener, Steel, that, that House of Cards has launched. It's come and gone effectively in America and that Netflix are holding over their release until the end of the month. Now, they are, to their credit, here's season one and two and three when they launch, and, of course, all their new content and all of their partnership content. But it's almost like the very thing that they're trying to promote, the the horse bolted on them, isn't it? Yeah, I know there's some interesting licensing things that are maybe are going to make it a bumpy start where mm. they've already signed exclusive contracts. I think, I, is it Netflix that, that they actually signed away an exclusive thing for one of their original series? Yeah, Orange is the New Black season yeah. three will appear on Foxtel, not, uh, not, on, not as first run on Netflix this year in Australia. Yeah, and I know Better Call Saul, that will be on Netflix, but not until the after season the season finale. So they're, they're going to they're gonna put it, which is very uh, smart, in the lead up to season two, mm. they're going to release season one on Netflix. So we'll give all the Netflix users a, a chance to get on board because I think, you know, Breaking Bad got a lot of, I think people didn't watch Breaking... I, like, when people first watched Breaking Bad themselves, mm. it probably wasn't during its initial screening. Agreed. Yeah, it, bu- it built the snowball built over the uh, the seasons. And, and look, it's an interesting one in talking about that because Breaking Bad's a great example. Lots of people are interested in that, but it's also Netflix's um, uh, modus operandi, particularly in the States, and I would expect the same here. They don't buy the first-run rights... Or if mm-hmm. they can't buy the first run rights, they get what are known as the second run digital rights so that when a series is finished airing on whoever bought the rights for it, so end of episode 10, say, for your Game of Thrones, the next day, the entire series appears mm. on Netflix. That should be their slogan, Netflix, television slops. <laughs> television later. Yeah, because I know um, at the at the moment in America they've got the entire Star Wars Clone Wars uh, yep. six seasons, and then and a oh no I think it might be five seasons and then an exclusive six season that didn't air anywhere else, which is actually the, the most resolution a, of it. Yeah, and that's a superior season. That is the oh, best. I cannot uh, wait to see it. And yeah. all Disney content is going to appear on Netflix in Australia. So uh, the place to see, you, you know, your Clone Wars final season and, and, of course, the new Rebels will be on Netflix. Okay, great. They have Steamboat Itchy. <laughs> I don't know, Steel. That could be okay. pushing it too far. All right. Um, oh, look, a, a valid conversation. I think we can discuss this more in a minute. In a minute though I think right now it's time for Four Reels. Check out the website, MoxTVTalk.com. Steal this new uh, segment that we're running on Mox TV Talk podcast is a, a simple little five-question quiz where I put to you, as the guest, mm-hmm. a man who knows bits about television, <laughs> uh, some questions about stuff that you're probably not going to know a whole bunch about. So I look forward to your responses. Now, that said, given your uh, dalliance with the Green Guide Letters, you proved the other week on an episode that you actually know more about television than you're letting on, possibly more than you care to know. Okay. So it wouldn't surprise me if you actually know the answers. Are you ready, Steel Saunders? I'm born ready. Excellent. So for reals, a five-question quiz on all things reality television. <gasps> Question one. AJ name, Rochester. 
nearly. Oh. Name the three reality TV juggernauts competing for our attention weeknightly across the free-to-air commercial channels. Oh, okay. Um, MKR, My Kitchen Rules. Yes. Where someone uh, in the Green Guide letters complained that someone wore a hat indoors. Oh, oh my goodness. And at the dinner table. Outrageous. Oh, that, oh, how do they, they, they should pixelate that offensive hat on programming. <laughs> um, we would have, I'm a celebrity, in inverted commas, get me out of here. Bing. And I'm going to chuck in filmed on the very street I live and podcast on the block. Oh, Bing again. Congratulations, Steele. Three from three in the first question. Nice. Destroyed parking on Darling Street in I'm South Yarra. I'm sure it's killed it, actually. Mm, I like it when I see one of their vans had to park a few blocks over. I nice. was like, yeah, cop that. That'll te- Yeah, that'll teach you. I, I, I like seeing uh, Shelley Craft try to hitchhike back to the set. <laughs> Shelly Craft is nice. I shan't hear a word against her. You should get her on Green Guide Letters. Yeah, I um, it should be interesting. It, it's it's we- always weird, or well, not weird, but fascinating to see the people that want to come on Green Guide Letters mm. and are super good sports about it. There's, I think there's there's definitely two different types of people in the media, and. It's like I know with like Sarah Harris, who's the host of Studio 10 and Shark Tank on 10. Um, Good references. Thanks, mate. Um, well, you know, she's a, she's a letter lover, so I follow what she's up to. Mm. Um, yeah, she's, you know, she's all about it and she just loves hanging out with comedians and, and she finds yeah. the whole world, you know, quite fascinating and you know, same like Darren Hinch. I think Darren Hinch just wanted to see if he could be uh, funnier than Tom Gleason <laughs> on on the episode together, and that didn't work out for him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then there's people that I've I've mentioned it to. I, I tell you, <laughs> I saw um um what is her name? Stephanie Rice. Yes, the the, uh, the Olympic swimmer, mm-hmm. and um, she was filming a segment for The Apprentice, Celebrity Apprentice in Excellent. Sydney, mm-hmm. and I managed to uh, have a chat with her and told her the concept of the podcast, <laughs> and her face could not have gotten any more soured uh, than the. She goes, she goes. So it's me with two comedians. I'm like, yeah. She goes. No way, no chance, not possible. <laughs> and then possibly, on, I was going to say possibly because of her running with comedy on Twitter herself. Yeah, I guess you know, but you know that's the sort of stuff that we would edit out of the podcast, not not tweet out to tens of thousands of people. But mm. um, and then on the flip side, at the same recording, I saw Rob Mills, and he he was all about it. He was like, "Yeah, yeah let's do this." So yeah. um, Millsy's up for a lot of things. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Not least of which Paris Hilton. <laughs> Question two. Who was last week's evictee from the block triple threat? Oh, nah, no way. Who cares? Well, close. There wasn't one. Okay. Congratulations. Thank Question you. Question three. Name five celebrities currently appearing on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Australia. Is that a trick question? That is not a trick question. Let's just assume that they're celebrities. All right. Let's, can we just say contestants? If you'd like. Okay. Um, we have got Chrissy. Um, Chrissy Swan, tick. 
Yep, Christine Swan. Murph Hughes, tick. Um, Maureen someone, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. McCormick, tick. Okay, uh, Joel Creasy, tick. How many am I up to? Four. You've got okay. five other options. Wait there. I'm I'm just remembering like all the at the like the the things that pop up on Facebook. Celebrity, <laughs> celebrity. I can I can probably list about fifty people that have said they were asked to do it and knocked it back. I think um, there's more than that, but yes. Yeah, but I'm just saying I could name them. Um, that would be controversial. Yeah, um, and one of my friends very shockingly got offered it, like. Oh. And like not in comedy, in in, mm. in 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 another world, another world of entertainment. And I was just like, oh man, they are hard up if they're asking you. <laughs> and he's like, they should have taken. He's like, he's like, I know. All right, so so <laughs> I need one more. Time is ticking. Um, oh man, I know Julia Morris is hosting it. I know Michael Correct. Chamberlain's. Writing lines on it, correct? Um, nah, I, I, I'm sort of proud. I don't know another person. Uh, uh, look, I think those extra two bits of information push you across the line, sure. particularly the chamber one, because that's not very well known. So, congratulations. <laughs> to add to it, uh, Chris Brown is hosting with Julia, and they, for mine, they're killing it. You may not have seen any of the episodes. They're doing a great job, chamber assisted or otherwise. Uh, the other contestants that you did miss, how could you miss Australia's own Julie Goodwin? Big Bad Barry Hall, Freddie Flintoff, uh, Anna Heinrich, who I would have thought you would have known who that was. I, I've never heard that name before in my life. Well, you would have heard the first part of it. She was the girl who won, best air quotes, The Bachelor season one. Nah. Yep. And uh, some other guy called Tyson who nobody knows. Even all of the other contestants on the show have no idea who he is. Oh, really? That'd be so bad. He's, he was a, he's a travel blogger. And apparently, one of the most cut men on the planet who never wears a shirt. Oh, okay. Oh, half his luck. Yeah, oh, Merry Christmas to him. Question yeah. four Name the three hosts on My Kitchen Rules extra points for their nationalities. Nah, tap out. Pete Evans, Australia. Manu Fildel, French. Colin Fastnidge, Irish. Yeah, nah. I can. How about I name. 20 aliens in the Star Wars cantina. Go. <laughs> it's it's a, a far better use of information. <laughs> um, yeah. Nah, I no interest in that one. Yeah, man, fair enough. Question five. You've done well so far, though. I have to give you credit, Steve. <laughs> How many more reality TV shows are planned for commercial free-to-air network TV in 2015? 16. The answer is too many. Whatever oh, okay. the number is. 16 is, is probably close to the mark. There is a lot by the time you take into account two series of House Rules, another series of The Block. There's a series of MasterChef coming, Restaurant Revolutions, allegedly Big Brother is coming, The Voice. Um, there's so much, so much of it still. Okay. Well, here's the thing, right? With, with Big Brother, bring it back if you must, mm. but let's, let's, let's get back to basics with Big yep. Brother. Like, let's not have so much interaction with the outside world. 
Yep. Let's like mess with them a little bit. Mm. Let's uh, like, I much prefer someone a little bit more caustic as the host. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sonia Kruger is a little bit too peachy. You know who hosts it? Oh, me for sure. Um, who do you think? No, Sonia Kruger hosts it. I'm, I'm surprised that you knew. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, because I, I, I got, like, I'm a fan of Big Brother. The original concept of Big Brother. Yes. I, I, I was a huge fan of the early seasons, but. Once it's sanitized, like that, that, it can't be. Adults aren't G-rated. Mm, agreed. That's why they're adults. So to have a reality show where you're making it very saccharine and 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 and, and, and sugary and stuff, it just doesn't work. I was addicted to those Big Brother uplates, like yep. with uh, Mike Goldstein. He, he's a he's a real Goldman. Talent. Goldman, yep. sorry. Um, Mike Goldstein's actually a comedian from Perth. Um, yeah, I, I thought he like he, he was a, a really good host on the fly, just chatting. Mm. Yes. And just that, like I remember watching, you know, let's go back to the house to see how these arguments playing out. Yes. And it was just gripping. Like I would, you know, there was no way I was going to bed before one o'clock. But once oh, the get- controversy, yeah, the controversy of Chrissy and Ben in yep. uh, that second season of Big Brother. Yep. And that played out across a couple of weeks. Like there was no forgiveness going in that for a while. Yeah. And, you know, I think the way Chrissy handled herself on that show, you know, standing up to, you know, to the bully in the house and, mm. you know, that really set her up for, you know, the the great career that she's had. like Dealing with commercial radio executives. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I... I hope she's not too busy when she gets out of the island because she's meant to be coming on the show. <laughs> I think that will be a must-listen-to episode. I'm sure you'll be able to squeeze her in. Oh, Stephen, Stephen, they're all must-listen. Come on. No question. Uh, however, I think you're right. There will be a very long list of offers awaiting Miss Swan when she returns and Mr. Creasy. They have covered themselves in glory. Okay. I thought they covered themselves in elephant shit. Yeah, they have done that as well. It's okay. both. Mm-hmm. Now, th- these are all great insights you offer, Steele. Come and sit down on the couch because it's time to hear a little bit more about who you are and what television means to you. Okay. Welcome to Couched Time. Malk's TV Talk. I'll just, I'll just pour a, a glass of wine. Thank you. Sit back and relax. Steele, what's your earliest memory of TV? The buttons on the television. Nice. Like the on-off button? No, just the channel buttons. They were... On the TV, which was made out of wood, there was like maybe eight or seven buttons. So it had like seven written on the button and then sort of like a light switch sort of thing to click down to go to that channel. Oh, wow. So, I, yeah, that's sort of my earliest memory of of television. Um, I remember... Well, my my Christian name is Steele. I'm I'm named after my great grandfather, and I remember just going like on romper room when they'd read out the names yes. at the end. I was like, "Yeah, today will be my day. Come on, B. Yeah, come on, it. give me a shout out." Yes, and, and that never happened. So <laughs> I, I, I seemed to just yeah, the actual 
the panel, I, I just like the buttons for some reason on the television. <laughs> Can you imagine, uh, it, for people who aren't aware of Romp Room, it was a, a kid's young children's educational entertainment show where they had a lady and a bee puppet. Miss Alina. Uh, yes. And, and Miss lots Alina, of... what sing along. do? We're going to play a game with you. We'll let you buzz. We'll let you fly. We'll catch you while you sailing by. And then they let a balloon off like a bee and it would buzz around. How's it how so I remembered good. those lyrics after a very long time? It, it sounds like it's something that's precious to you, Steele. I have not. You've just opened it. I'm going to start. A wound. I, no, I think I'm just going to start weeping about my <laughs> lost youth. So there would be lots of young preschool-aged kids joining in these activities and games on screen. Yeah. And they would try and make it interactive, wouldn't they, by... Uh, at the end of it, you know, they'd look through the mirror and who can I see? I'd see Jerry and I'd see John and Sarah and um, uh, Angry and all of those sorts of people. Um, but you, you're right. There was never a steal that was read out. Can you imagine if that was today? Oh, and yeah. The names they would have to say. I can see Apple. I can see Sapphire. Rianne. Yeah. Spelt with uh... seven H's. <laughs> you know, it would Bogan Central. It would be appalling. Yeah, the um, but yeah, so she'd look through um, this magic mirror to see into your lounge room, and you know, as a little kid, you'd be there just going, "Me, me, please, I'm just, I'm the only one in the room." Like, not like, who is this? You know, who is this John that's getting a shout out? I can't see him. So uh, yeah, it was a bit traumatic. Understandably, she looked into your soul and was found wanting. Hmm. What was the place of TV in your house, Steele? Was it was it you know in the corner of the lounge room, and that was the only television, or was there a sneaky smaller one in the kitchen or in the family room? Um, we had one in the lounge for quite a long time. Then we had a bungalow, and that had a very small TV with a handle, nice. and that was used for a lot of Atari work. We'd yeah. uh, we'd hook up the Atari and and play some Pitfall and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And I remember, actually, this is a very early television memory, is one of my birthdays, which is January the 15th in summer, they played the infamous Star Wars holiday special. <gasps> and which is, it's it's something that you, you'll never find rebroadcast ever again. It was sort of <laughs> like a... A 70s, like a special, you know, they had the variety specials and this was the Star Wars one, which I think uh, George Lucas made a, a big miscalculation signing off on acid, that. He dropped acid, didn't he? He dropped acid for that. Yeah, I think he dropped his shit after he saw it. And <laughs> he, he, I know he, he said in interviews if he had the power, he would burn every bootleg copy of it. And it's, um, it's, it's just nuts. You see a Wookiee... Chewbacca's uncle watching porn. Um, <laughs> you see B. Arthur from the Golden Girls. She's got a job at the Star Wars Cantina and she sings a song to um, Snaggletooth and Hammerhead and Greedo yeah. and all the gang. And then you see Princess Leia sort of sing the Star Wars theme. <laughs> and then the Wookiees, it's their life day that's sort of it, it's the, the show's all about Han trying to get Chewbacca back for their the, the Wookiee Christmas Life Day, and then they all sort of drop acid, and the Wookies walk through space and walk into this star, and then they're in this cave, and 
Princess Leia sings a song. So, yeah, that's one of my early memories as well. But I remember just... And Poochie flew away to his home planet never to be seen again. Yeah, but I remember just assuming that my mum organised it to play on television because it was my birthday. Oh, wow. And... It was awesome when I first watched it, and it's it is now bizarre when you watch it now. But um, yeah, it's a real it's a it's a real inverted commas treat for uh, Star Wars fans. Uh, just to, to help us put it into some perspective, is that Christmas special considered part of Star Wars canon? By given they've had to change the rules a bit, um, George Lucas would like to shoot it out of a cannon. <laughs> no, definitely not. Oh, it's a it is on YouTube in its entirety, people. If you want to distract yourself, goodness me, it's it is as diabolical as Steele suggests. Mm-hmm. Now, Steele, that's an interesting one because, given that you know you're a younger person, mm-hmm. um, in that you you know you're of the the age that there were two televisions in the house, you know that that wasn't necessarily a commonplace thing until the eighties, really. Um, did you find that even though the one in the bungalow was uh, hooked up to the Atari a lot, that you would, you know, dad's watching MASH and you're going to go off and watch uh, something else? I can tell you if dad was watching MASH, I'd be sitting right next to him watching it as well. Solid work. Yeah. I, um, I MASH is actually, it's weird you brought that up. That's my sort of first memory of comedy. I, mm-hmm. I just loved you know, they're all in these tense situations and, and Hawkeye always had a witty comment mm. for everything. And I, I, I just thought that was really cool yes. that, that, that he had, uh, no matter what the situation, he, he had a, a witty comment. So, yeah, me and Dad actually... Um, Bonded. Yeah, watched a lot of MASH episodes. And funnily enough, I, in later years, got him into The Simpsons and I remember that the point to which I realised how much he'd gotten into it was I got home from somewhere one day and Dad's watching The Simpsons. And I'm like, oh, what's happening, Dad? And he's like, oh, Krusty's been set up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know now. exactly the episode. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, so that was uh, one. And, and, and I think me, Mum and Dad will always enjoy the, uh, an episode of Seinfeld together as well. Yeah. And I think oh, they're, I they're always a bit disturbed that I can tell them exactly what the episode is within the first 10 seconds of, 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 of it starting. Well, you have a, a very special connection with Seinfeld, really. It, it, it's one of your, your favourite TV shows ever, isn't it? It's, to me, out of all media, it's my most defining thing of other people. I can mm-hmm. total. I can understand people not watching Star Wars, or you know, I find it weird. But uh, like, I, I would, you know, that's your call, and I won't begrudge you, or you know, I won't, you know, it's just, it's just, oh yeah, well, you don't like Star Wars, or you haven't seen it, whatever. That's people that haven't seen it are very weird. Just to how do you avoid such a a pop culture phenomenon? But if someone doesn't like Seinfeld. I just think fundamentally at our, we're just not suited with each other. Yeah. Because I just, I can't see why we should talk anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty good people filter, isn't it? Yeah. Well, 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 Seinfeld's based on 
you know, some of the greatest conversations of all time. So if you don't like that, if you don't strive to have conversations like that, then what am I doing? I'm yeah. wasting my time. So I, that's, that's, that's my, that is a massive deal breaker and pr- pretty much my only one. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely, you know, raise an eyebrow when people like certain shows, mm. but not liking Seinfeld, yeah, what, what's going on with that? Now, what imp- what's the deal with that, Steve Yeah, Box? Indeed. Uh, what impact did, did that have on this fascination, this love that you have for Seinfeld, given that when it was playing out in Australia, uh, you know, back then there was no PVRs. It was all VCR technology. And if you weren't at home, you either recorded it or you missed it. No catch-up services, people. Did, how did, what did that mean for you as a fan? Seinfeld, in a way, totally changed my life and then would go on to ruin my life. <laughs> to where I am talking to you in Adelaide on a laptop. The, um, I, I actually started watching it. I, I used to love the late night Channel 9 programming. There mm. was, there, it used to just be like, if you'd stay up past 12, that was the golden hour, man. You'd, mm. get, um, you'd get Night Court. Yes. You would get um, the John Larroquette show. You would get the Gary Shandling show. Yes. You would get the Larry uh, Sanders show. Yeah. Um, Herman's Head, which I actually believe was a Channel 7 late night show from memory. Um, and yes. all these great uh, sort of, I guess, early 90s sitcoms and when, you know, at a time when the sitcom was was king and but there was these sort of i guess in a way alternative sitcoms you know apart from your your family ties and your growing pains and your cosby show there was like these slightly darker ones yeah yeah and i remember seeing seinfeld when it was on channel nine um and just going these guys they're just talking they're not doing anything (laughs) this is amazing this is really cool and you know and then it moved to Channel 10 and it, and it, it picked up a lot of steam and, and became, you know, one of the, the biggest programs of all time. But I actually, uh, you probably recall that I wrote an article for your website a, mm. a few years back when uh, still in the era of the videotape and when I was a, uh, a very devout Foxtel subscriber on... One of the long weekends, they had this the marathon about nothing, and it was hosted by television's very own Tony Barber Excellent. of Sale of the Century fame, who, in a slight trivia note, once busted my parents soaring down a Christmas tree in Red Hill <laughs> and complained about it on the radio the next day. Excellent. Yeah. They're famous. Yeah. So my, my parents were... Um, Pirate Baying Christmas trees. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he hosted the Seinfeld Marathon. They showed all 180 episodes nonstop on uh, TV One over a long weekend. Wow. And so I had my video player set to long play and I'd have to come back. Um, I'd, I'd set my alarm to come back in time to swap tapes because the thought you know, this is before DVD box sets. This mm. is before DVDs, mate. Like, I, mm. I think I had, I may have had a DVD player, but, you know, having television on DVD was a bit of a pipe dream back then. 
Yeah. And who, who, I want to stand in JB Hi-Fi and, and see who goes in and buys the box set all 14 seasons or whatever of Murder, She Wrote. Like, <laughs> like it just seems unbelievable that someone would do that in numbers, whereas it's worth printing up packaging for that. But anyway... Shut-ins, so, people buying for shut-ins. Yeah, it's just like they, I, they, sh- they should rename that show Death Touch because <laughs> wherever she goes, like, like I'd just be like, it, like if, you know, she rocked up on, into my town, I'd be like, I'm getting out of here, man. She is, she is the Black Death. It's like going on holidays at Christmas on Neighbours. It, it leads to no yeah. good every time. Absolutely. But isn't there a bit, someone's got a bit about the fact that whenever Jessica Fletcher came to town, the, all that happened, the horrible things, and no one ever looked at her as the suspect. Yeah, it's it, it, it's very sus. It would mm. be good to write a bit of fan fiction about that. But, um, yeah, so I would have to, you know, I was in full going out mode and it was a long weekend. So at one point my alarm went off at about 1 a.m. in the morning and I was in a nightclub and I was engaged in a, um, a conversation with a girl that was going rather well. Mm. And then... Um, I said, oh, I've got to go. I'll be back in about an hour. <laughs> and got a cab back home, said to the cab driver, just wait here. Uh, ran up the stairs, waited for the episode to end, and then switched tapes, came back, and then, you know, met back up with the girl and said, she goes, where'd you go? And I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, you know, pretty proud taping this uh, Seinfeld marathon. And <laughs> then she said she didn't like Seinfeld. So I caught a cab back home and just watched the marathon. <laughs> By yourself. Yeah. And then I, I loved it. Like I, I, I'd watch it, you know, because it's before podcasting and all that sort of stuff, of course. So that I used to just put it on when I was in the house instead of music as company. Mm. You know, I, I, I just loved to watch it and I'd, 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 I'd put it on to go to sleep to and, I, I ended up actually wearing out several of the tapes. So, oh, wow. um, but then when I remember buying on eBay, someone sold, you know, like 40 CDs of Seinfeld and you could watch it on your computer mm-hmm. at about like iPod screen size on yes. your computer. Like that's how, you know, it was very pixelated. Compression and, technology. Yeah. And so that was pretty cool. But when they released that box set, Oh my god! It was just a. Oh, I think they didn't. They released it just season by season. So, I've I've got all the single seasons, mm. and then they brought out the box set that came with like a really a really cool book, and you couldn't get it in Australia, so I had to Amazon the the box set, which came in like a fridge type oh, format. Excellent. And it came with uh, yeah a, a really cool book that reviewed all the um, all the episodes and maybe an extra disc i know i got yeah i know i got i think i may have bought on ebay the, an extra disc that like circuit city or someone had had a a bit of an interview with everyone and stuff so i just oh, and then i would um jerry after seinfeld finished he released a documentary about he sort of did his i'm telling you for the last time tour which was mm-hmm. sort of always material from the Seinfeld years. And then he set himself a challenge to write himself a complete new hour from scratch yes. and, and, and documented that in the documentary Comedian. And that sort of showed me, I, I thought the lifestyle of the comedian as portrayed in Seinfeld was, was really cool. Just that going from club, club to, club, to club, 
Yeah. And I, I, I really thought that was that really appealed to me. And then I, I sort of thought that to be a commit, like you sort of had to be born with it or something. It was, I don't know, something like a, you know, like an X-Men type power. And then to see him struggle through this documentary at these open mics and, and, and getting heckled and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, so if the best committee in the world finds it hard, well, that means you've just, like, it, there is, you're not born with it. It's a struggle. And, you know, if you put your mind to it, you could do it. And, yeah, so that film ruined my life. And now I'm a stand-up comedian um, dealing with the, uh, the highs and lows of show business, Steve. But it's it's one that you're persevering with, Steele, and I think we're all benefiting from that. I mean, we look at, uh, as I mentioned in your intro, your uncredited but superb performance uh, in It's a Date. As drunk guy at RSL. Which was stellar, a great interaction with Lawrence Mooney. Yeah, and I actually got to live out one of my dreams, very self-indulgent, yeah. of, of watching myself in in-flight entertainment. Excellent. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really... You know, I'm a big fan of in-flight entertainment. One, I actually find it very peaceful. I, I mm. fly to LA quite a bit and just not having my phone. I, I, I really, I know it's going to happen and I know on some flights it does, but I, I really don't want the internet on planes. It's such a, a safe haven from yeah. everything. And I, uh, yeah, I'm such a fan of in-flight entertainment. So to be a part of in-flight entertainment was uh, an honour. Wow, so now your uh, international airlines own steel cylinders as well. This is yeah. expanding. <laughs> I, I agree with you just as an aside that uh, you know I travel a lot for work as well internationally and, and that ability to just go phone off mm-hmm. and be disconnected can be uncomfortable for the first 20 minutes, but then you kind of settle into it pretty easily. And go, you know what, I, I can deal with this. The only thing I would want in-flight internet for is a lot of the preview websites that I now have access to are websites. I can't download that content and put it on the laptop to watch on the plane where uh, I used to preview a whole bunch of content. You know, I did rip, rip the DVDs that they send me and use it to watch and those sorts of things. Now mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I have to wait till I get to there to be able to see the next things. But I agree. I mean, people being disconnected sometimes isn't a bad thing. Plus they get to listen to podcasts. Yeah. Or you can watch, I don't know on Qantas you can watch the entire Godfather trilogy on the flight yeah, as well. So that's it's you know, and you get a bit of uh, red wine to get yourself into the mood, and you know, you can watch uh, people sleep with the fishes, all that good stuff. Mm. But I, I, you know, that is one thing. I just, and I know people, you know, just turn off your internet, but it, like that's, I don't know, it's 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 it eats into your brain. So it's I like not having that the ability to do it. Do you know what I mean? It's, I, the I Attorney know. General will be mining your brain for metadata soon enough, Steele. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and, Don't and, start and, me. And how they just came out with, the you know, Malcolm Turnbull is, and, and his mates are using some app that is all encrypted so it doesn't store metadata. It's just the hypocrisy is you can't, you, like, you can't script hypocrisy like like it's like it's unbelievable. Yes. You know what I mean? It's 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 so it's such hypocrisy. It's un like if if you wrote it, if it was if it was fiction, it would be unrealistic. Yeah, but, too fantastic. Not yeah. possible. Mm. 
Now, still beyond your wonderful foray into television with It's a Date, you've also, after what has turned out to be a very wonderfully uh, funny and delightful uh, misstep in, in your first uh, entry on the Studio 10, you've gone on now to become a regular guest, uh, and not just guest as in a pop-up guest, but sitting on the couch for the whole episode guest. Yeah, it's... um, I, I must... I. I must give credit to, to Robert McKnight, who's the, the producer of Studio 10, who's, mm. who's been a really big supporter of, of me just yes. through listening to the podcast. And I, to be honest, I, I thought there'd be more people like that um, that would be scouring places like podcasts mm. for the next generation of people to, to place on, on radio and television because... We know how to talk yes. and we can talk pretty constantly. And, you know, from what people say, it, it's, it's, it's somewhat entertaining. But um, Rob, who originally was at Channel 9 and, and I did some stuff, he, he hosted quite a groundbreaking Nine Stream Live, which was sort of like a, yes. a nice sort of informal news program that used to be on, I think it was Wednesday nights, that used to stream on the... Something. Um, yeah, on on the Channel Nine on the Channel Nine site, but now he's the um, he's running things at Studio Ten, and in the first week he got me in to do a bit of a segment, and it was uh, I was meant to review their complaints that people had written in reviews, and then that you know some people sort of uh, got a little bit um, faint at the idea of us doing that live on air. Um, so it, it, it changed. Were those people the Channel Ten PR department? Yeah, I I, I won't go into that. Um, oh no, I know who it was. That's okay. Play on. And the and 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 so the 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 idea I just sort of you know worked on on that segment. And as I was about to get on the plane, I, I found out it had been changed. And you know we sort of did a thing from the podcast, which was pretty out of context, and it was. I, like I, it was it was it was really it did not go well, um, <laughs> and I I'm negative at the best of times about my performance on whether it's like on 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 my podcast or on stage and stuff. But oh man, I ha- I had a lot to work with, <laughs> and you can see people in the background, um, just you know they've got a, a slightly skewing older audience oh not slightly they're the average age was 72 yeah i i must say when i've been back it it is a lot more mixed and a lot more lively now you know this was in the first week that the show was Mm. on air and just the perplexed looks on people's faces at what is going on but the the great thing about podcasting is you take something disastrous like that and it's great material for the podcast. And <laughs> we did, um, you know, draw it out over many episodes with um, um, Ida Buttrose, uh, mm. an Australian of the year. She she did a live very oh, funny. Icon. Yeah, she did a very funny live uh, video cross for the 100th episode of I Love Green Guide Letters, which was I, I know many people found very surreal to see her pop up. <laughs> and Sarah Harris, the host, who's um, a great mate and 
has been a, a really good supporter, has come on the podcast and given her side of, of what went down on that fateful day. And and then I've, I've, I've been invited back, thankfully, to be a, a guest co-host, which is great. It's, it's, it's actually that show is... It's it, it's so fun to be on. It it is actually like a televised, well organized podcast. Mm. Like like with really, a budget. yeah. And compared to you know my, my other friends that are on um, similar but different programs, it, it is a lot more on this seat of your pants. You know, we don't really know what everyone's going to say. And I'll be back on the 23rd of March. It's a Monday. I'll be back up there to uh, guest co-host and and sizzle the comedy festival and stuff. So, yeah, it's really fun. And it's like, it's a dream to be on. It is is really fun just to to be able to, you know, just, you know, talk about whatever's going on and and, and crack some jokes and stuff. It's, it's It's a really cool program. You're part of the problem now, Steele. What's the problem? Oh, just the problem of television. Uh, it, you're <laughs> right, though. It, it's uh, it's such an interesting little program, Studio Ten, because it's live. Uh, it's a panel show, and that's really rare, particularly in the, in a morning context for Australia, because uh, they'll have afternoon panel shows, but no audience, and they'll talk about vain, innocuous things that they do with their friends and those sorts of things. And, and Studio Ten isn't that. It is one of the few. You'd have to call it almost the, one of the last bastions of variety TV where they will take risks with people and mm. give them a run and where comedians can easily find a home either as performers or as, uh, like yourself, guest hosts now sitting on the couch for the entire app. And they've had a list of people, Fiona O'Loughlin, yourself. I mean, they had Harley Breen on this morning. Um, oh, did they? I, yeah, well, podcast time this morning on Wednesday, 4th of March. Um, oh, cool. A really smart move by Rob, I think, to do exactly what you're talking about, Steele, and that is supporting uh, the development of new talent for TV because there used to be some late-night stuff like Rove and whatever or even your um, skid house and that kind of thing. None of that exists now. Yeah, and as I sort of said before, I, I would be – before I started these podcasts, I, I would, I'd be shocked to learn that 161 episodes later – that there are so few people in television and radio doing what Rob's doing, and mm. and do you know what I mean? Like, like, um, and it's and I guess it's the nature of the bit. You know, once you know, you sort of got to get in the club, and then you know, yes. that's why you see you know so many people in the media. You know, they've got each of their ten fingers in a different pie because it's yep. you know when it rains it pours. But you know, like on the podcast, we've had you know, like people before they were people. Like, we, you know, we had first episode, Luke McGregor, Harley Breen, you know, you know, Ronnie Chang, you know, mm. you know, even like, a, you know, a legend like Lawrence Mooney was, you know, doing podcasts and then in a way sort of got his own televised podcast with Dirty Laundry Live. Um, yes. It's it's very interesting, you know, like, it, and I... I, I I, I, it does shock me that there's not more of that. It also doesn't shock. It also shocks me that you know we talk about all this reality reality television, which is quite big budget. Mm. But I can film, you know, literally film a broadcast quality live podcast for well, I'm one person and I pay for it out of my own pocket. 
And yes. you know, I'm sitting on I'm sitting on 20 episodes of live I Love Green Gutter Letters with you know you know Tony Martin, Kate Langbrook, Will Anderson. You know, mm. I, I've got these episodes ready to go, um, and we're, we're trying to find somewhere you know just to get them out um, nice. uh, in in the second half of the year. But it's weird that to me, and, and you know, I'm not an expert by any means on the economics of television, but I I can't see why you know one night a week, you know, at ten thirty or 11.30, they don't, you know, flick on the flight lights, you know, send in some cameramen and and sort of let some comedians do something. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I can't see how that wouldn't turn a profit. Like I know it's out of, you know, primetime ratings and stuff, but I think for the low cost, you know, like of just informal comedy, that it, it couldn't be a, a cult success. Well, you're now talking about really a, a reinvigoration of something like The Big Gig, which was wonderfully anarchic live comedy that was linked together with a host, Wendy Harmer. And mm-hmm. over on this stage, it was we're going to throw to uh, Anthony Morgan, then we're going to cross over to the Doug Anthony All-Stars, then we're going to have Michelle Laurie or Fiona O'Loughlin, and then we're going to have someone else, and then someone else closed out the show. It was yeah. a live comedy show. Yeah, but even more so, you know, like the panel, you know, that mm. sort of like talking about, you know, the, the week's events or, you know, whatever. I just like, like, can you make television any cheaper than that? <laughs> well, that's right. You would think it's very cheap. The catch is as soon as you involve a commercial free-to-air network, they seem to think you add three zeros to things. Yeah, I guess, huh? It's um, it's really weird, and it's it. I, I know I've spoken to people in radio that can't believe they're like, oh, so what studio do you use to record your podcast in? My and couch, I'm, and I'm like, I just got a mixing desk, yeah, and a couple of mics in my house, and they're like, so Santo Chilaro just came to your house and talked on your yes. couch, yeah, I'm like. I'm like, yeah, and they're like, oh, we can't believe how good it sounds, and and it's like, well, you don't like the technology. It, it's just like it blows me away. It, it is, yes. it is, it is really cool, and it's it, all this technology. I I feel like it was made for me. Like, yeah, I, I always love the um the the Christian Slater film, Pump Up the Volume, where yep. he starts a pirate radio station. Um, I I just thought that was really cool, and then to be able to be given the technology and it's once you get your head around it, it, it's so easy to do it. it, it, It's really thrilling. I also like the, the Seinfeld episode where Kramer finds the, the, like the Merv Griffin set. Yes. And and sets up his own talk show. I I kind of find that that's a metaphor for my life (laughs) (laughs) that I'm, I'm hosting this pretend TV show in my lounge room. (laughs) Well, still, that is good sizzle because, like, like you said, you've got twenty odd episodes of the podcast recorded as video, mm-hmm. as, as shows that are you know conceivably ready to go in some format, whether it's uh, online, YouTube, or, or SBS, iView, something, something, something. And I think that's uh, not only a really exciting progression for for the podcast and what you're doing, but also a sign that you're taking ownership of content creation and saying, hey all you other people that make content, I've got these things and they're actually kind of okay, pretty good. 
Yeah, like, like to be honest, I think, you know, the, the footage, a lot of them are really, uh, film really well. I, you know, it might be just like 10% off what it needs, mm-hmm. you know, for, um, you know, maybe like high-level broadcast quality. I, sure. I, I think, I, I haven't really, um, to be honest, haven't really sat down and, and watched, you know, through them. We've just sort of done it quite, you know, like, you know, someone that's sort of helping us out. But from what I've seen, like I know, you know, people that have seen little sizzle clips on YouTube, they're like, oh, my God, this this does look really good. But it, it, it was done for nothing. Like I paid for it. Yeah. And it's like I, I'm not... I'm not like I'm not a trust fund baby or anything like that. It's it's just done through using you know live ticket sales from yes. know, people that come to the live tickets, the live podcasts and stuff. And I I don't know. It just it just seems like there must be something that I don't get that means people don't do it. Like it, I just don't think it needs to be such high budget. Like it's it's the content. It's yes. the it's the comedy, not the backdrop, and yep. not the the, the, the graphics or, or whatever. It's just it it's just the content, the the, the comedy, the the talking, the the interactions. Like the, the comedy is it, it's on par with anything on television. Like I mean, how can it not be when you've got you know when you've got Jane Kennedy, Will Anderson, you know those sort of people. Yes, like it's world class stuff. So it 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 is. It is interesting, and at times I find it inspiring, and sometimes I find it depressing that it's that it is so uh, just not being exploited. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, yeah, it is. It is quite strange, and I think you know, keep the costs super low, and then you can afford to turn a profit if you put it on Thursday nights at ten thirty, and you know, or, or whenever. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't. Yes. You don't need to uh, to glamorize it. You know, you could, you know, set it up at a, you know, at a pub. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, yep. you know, bring in some lights and and just do something real. And I, I think, you know, people, you know, reality television is so popular, but it's not real. Yeah. But like podcasting, that's real. That that is like uh, it, it doesn't get any realer than that. I think there's a real opportunity, steal. For I know that you run a, a couple of venues around Melbourne from a comedy perspective, one mm-hmm. of which is is Public Bar. Um, I, I think that there's a, a massive opportunity for exactly what you're talking about. And look, based on the nature of how the business is right now, that would cost probably more than you can afford it in and of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but to record some of those afternoons would make for incredible content for Foxtel's comedy channel or for a go or a... Uh, a seven mate or that kind of thing. I think it would be stunning. Yeah, I, I you know, the stand up thing. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, and and, and you also got people burning material. You know, people need their material. Oh for, yeah, yeah. But it's the interaction between the comics. No, like, the panel stuff wins. Yes, absolutely. Like when it's super loose, like, um. You know, you it's it's the interaction that that builds the real heat and 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 the crazy laughs. So, do you think that throwing making that a more formalized, we're putting cameras in here, we're recording it because it's going to be on insert place here, you know, in a few weeks' time, would that make some of your guests more guarded? Do you think, or you'd be able to relax them into it? Um, I, I think most of my guests that come on know that I, I do provide like a safety net. 
Yes. Um, it, it is a safe place if, if, if something, you know, a little bit too loose gets, mm-hmm. gets said. But I, yeah, I, I just, you know, I just think it's, uh, it, it's something that I'm, I'm just shocked that it's not, it's not looked into more. Well, that is indeed a, an encouragement for people to get along to live I Love Green Guide Letters podcast recordings. If for no other reason, then you get to hear the Mr. Blacks in real life uh, and who the people were actually talking about. Yeah, I, I should point out sometimes, occasionally, there is a, uh, as an ode to the Simpsons Camp Krusty episode, if someone uh, maybe gets mentioned that we probably don't want to get out, there is a, a dubbed in Mr. Black <laughs> over their name. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. I, I've got along to one live uh, Green Gold Leaders podcast. It, it was delightful, and I cannot wait uh, to see more. Uh, thank you for sharing all of that, Steele. That was excellent. Yeah, no sweat, Steve. It's a pleasure to be on the show. M-O-L-K. Volks TV Talk, the podcast. Our final segment today before we roll this truck out of here. Scene-tastic, a new one, Steele. Now, this is hopefully going to be a lot of fun, having been someone that's uh, been to a few table reads myself, and I'm sure you yourself have been included in a few. What I wanted to do was give people the opportunity to respond and hear what is effectively a table read from myself and my guest, of course, in this case, your situation, from one of their favourite TV shows. Sure. So I thought what we would do uh, is open up, and given your obvious fandom when it comes to Seinfeld, I thought I would offer one of the uh, one of the greatest, I think, the pilot episode of Seinfeld, the very first scene between mm. Jerry and George uh, in the diner. Which, of course, is also the last scene. In yes, Seinfeld. in today's scene uh, that we're doing from the first episode of Seinfeld, uh, the role of Jerry will be played by Steele Saunders, uh, as will the role of the waitress, and the role of George will be played by myself, Steve Mulk, and I will also be directing the scene. Are we ready to go? Have you got your acting pants on, Steele? Uh, I've actually got my running shorts on, so uh, Close if, the scene, if the scene doesn't go well, I can get out of here pretty quickly. Okay, are we ready to go? Sure. The scene, Pete's luncheonette. Jerry and George are sitting at a table. Seems to me that button is in the worst possible spot. Talking about George's shirt. The second button literally makes or breaks the shirt. Look at it. It's too high. It's in no man's land. You look like you live with your mother. Are you through? Kind of irritated. You do, of course, try on when you buy. Yes, it was purple. I liked it. I don't actually recall considering the buttons. Oh, you don't recall. George pretends he's talking into a microphone. Uh, no, not at this time. Well, Senator, i just like to know what you knew and when you knew it. A waitress approaches the table. Mr. Seinfeld! She pours coffee in his cup. Mr. Costanza! She wants to pour coffee, but George stops her. Uh, Are you sure this is decaf? Where's the orange indicator? It's missing! I have to do it in my head! Decaf left, regular right! Decaf left, regular right! It's very challenging work! Ironically. Can you relax? It's a cup of coffee. Claire is a professional waitress. Trust me, George, no one has any interest in seeing you on caffeine. 
She pours the coffee and walks away. How come you're not doing the second show tomorrow? Well, there's a, a woman might be coming in. Wait a second, wait a second. What coming in? What woman is coming in? I told you about Laura, the girl I met in Michigan. No, you didn't. I thought I told you about it. Yes. She teaches political science. I met her the night I did the show in Lansing. Looks at the milk can. There's no milk in here. What? Wait, 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 wait. What is she? Takes the milk can from Jerry and puts it on the table. What is she like? Oh, she's really great. I mean, she's got a real warmth about her. And she's really bright and really pretty. Um, the conversation, though, I mean, it was uh, talking with her is like talking with you, but, you know, obviously much better. With a big smile. So, you know, what happened? Oh, nothing happened, you know, but it was great. Oh, nothing happened, but it was. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. So, you know, she calls and she says she wants to go out with you tomorrow night. God bless. Devil you. Yeah, well, not exactly. I mean, she said, you know, she called this morning and said she had to come in for a seminar and maybe we'll get together. Whistles disapprovingly. <laughs> had to. Had to come in. Yeah, but... Had to come in and maybe we'll get together. Had to and maybe. Yeah. No, 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 no. I hate to tell you this. You're not going to see this woman. What? Are you serious? Well, why did she call? How do I know? Maybe, you know, she wanted to be polite. To be polite? You are insane. All right, all right. I didn't want to tell you this. You want to know why she called you? Yes. You're a backup. You're a second in line, a just-in-case, a B plan of contingency. Ah, I get it. This is about the button. The waitress, Claire, passes the table. George stops her and writes something in his notebook. Claire, Claire, you're a woman, right? What gave it away, George? Um, I'd like to ask you, ask you to analyse a hypothetical phone call, you know, from a female point of view. Oh, come on now. Why are you asking her? Now, how is she going to know? Now, a woman calls me, all right? She says she has to, make some gestures, accent, has to, come to New York on business. Ah, you are beautiful. And maybe, again, some gestures, she'll see me when she gets there. Does this woman intend to spend time with me? I'd have to say, ah, no. George shows his note block to Jerry. It says very largely, no. So why did she call? To be polite. To be polite. I rest my case. Good. Did you have fun? You have no idea what you're talking about. Now, come on. Come with me. Stands up. I got to go get my stuff out of the dryer anyway. I'm not going to watch you do laundry. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. Come on. I'm tired. Don't worry, I gave him a little caffeine. He'll perk up. George takes off his glasses and rubs his eyes, panics. Right, I knew I felt something. Jerry's laughing. Claire walks away with a smile. <laughs> End scene. Yeah. Nice work, Steel Saunders. That, uh, I know that we talked about you playing the role of Claire, but it kills me just hearing you do that voice every time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mox TV Talk, the podcast. Now, Steele, where can people track you down? What is happening in the life of Saunders? I will be performing my show, Steel Saunders Bittersweet, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at 9 p.m. at Fort Delta, which is just opposite the Melbourne Town Hall, nice and central. You can find out all the info on steelsaunders.com or comedyfestival.com.au. If you're not in Melbourne, I'll be up in Sydney doing two live podcasts on the 22nd of March. It's a Sunday afternoon. I'll be doing the Steel Wars live Star Wars podcast with an amazing guest that uh, a young dude that kind of got to run loose on the Star Wars episode three set in Sydney. Oh, wow. And he has got some, well, if you let a 16-year-old boy run loose on a Star Wars set, he has got those stories. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait for that. And then we'll be doing a live I Love Gringo Letters uh, after that on the Sunday afternoon. Um, and if you're anywhere around the world, you can tune in or log in to my podcasts. Uh, They're free on iTunes or you can go to steelwars.com. Steel is spelled S-T-E-E-L-E or ilovegreenguideletters.com to get either podcast and we'll be doing live I Love Green Guide Letters podcasts in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival there four o'clock Saturday afternoons and then live Steel Wars podcasts every 2.30 on Sunday afternoons. And you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at just add Steel Saunders to the after the dot com on any of those web addresses, I believe. Excellent. That's straight out of the Ash Williams playbook when it comes to branding. Good work. Oh, you got to stay on brand, buddy. Totally. Well, thank you very much for joining us on this episode of the Mulks TV Talk podcast. Thank you, Steele. Cheers, Steve. It's good to have you back in the podcast world. And yeah, thanks for all your support over the years. Oh, mate, my pleasure. People, you can follow me at Mulks TV Talk on Twitter, at same for Facebook, same for Instagram. Uh, get involved. I'm loving doing these new podcasts or the new style of podcast. Love your feedback. Uh, let us know. Of course, subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends. And if you're not already, subscribe to Steel Wars or I Love uh, Green Guide Letters because they are hilarious. Definitely on your must-listen list every week. Friends, good night.